Right, I'm recording this little intro the day after uh, City beat Fiorentina 3-0 and uh, Chelsea beat Atletico Madrid 2-0 in the uh, Champions League. Um, two great games, two very, very different games, but nice to see the English, English teams playing well. English teams playing well, dominating Europe. Um, this is a really good chat with Flo who's a sports commentator at the BBC, predominantly covering football, women's football. Um, and she has been all the way through the pandemic, so some interesting insights um, based on her experience at games. Thanks a lot for your time, Flo. Um, really nice to speak to you. Uh, enjoy. Have you had to turn up to a game yet to commentate and it be cancelled? Or have you always known in advance? No, I've always known in advance. It's been cancelled the day before the day before once but that was it which is so annoying because obviously you do all the work and all the stats and then the, 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 when you do the next commentary for that game it's usually like after a couple of other games so everything's changed so it's so annoying it's so annoying yeah I was, I was when I after I chatted to Chloe and they were going to play Palace were away at Leicester and like day of the game I was like following the coverage and there's like picture on the Palace Twitter of like you know, rainy bus journey up to Leicester and then the game gets cancelled and it's just like, oh. Yeah, bleak. To think that that's happening in like professional women's games and that's literally what used to happen to like our year 10 school team. It's just a joke. Yeah, they need to get more of those hybrid pitches, I think. They must be expensive, but yeah, I don't know why they don't have more of them. Maybe there's much, there's probably much more that goes into it with groundsmen and stuff. Yeah, because I mean, that was the, that was my initial thought was there just can't be people working full-time on these pitches mm. to make sure that they're playable whereas Premier League grounds there are like minimum like eight grounds people just literally mm. their job is to just check the pitch and look after yeah them. I love it when they go on at half time with the forks yeah oh, I used to love that as well on the <laughs> God, I actually miss live football so much I'm so jealous that you're getting to go to games yeah it's really good it's really nice do you feel privileged in that respect you feel like a VIP when you're walking in yeah although I always feel like I always have that imposter syndrome as well like sometimes you get there and like people because also I'm not um I don't dress smart I wear trackies and like just whatever to be warm I don't know if other people dress smart I don't think they do I mean not on tv so why does it why does it matter um but yeah sometimes the the stewards are like because obviously there's so so strict about rules about who can be there at the moment with covid the other week actually one of the stewards was like hello why are you here and I was like I'm with the, I feel really weird being like, I'm with the BBC. Um, but yeah. Is a big press pass or not? <laughs> yeah, you get one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, then once you've got that, you're, you're safe. No one can get you. No one can throw you out. <laughs> well, I've said this before, Flo, but you're definitely the face of radio for the BBC. <laughs> yeah, I've got the face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> when you first applied for the BBC's radio commentator scheme, um, did you think that this would be where you're at do you know what it's, it's really funny so I was I was doing my finishing my master's moving house hella stressed like so stressed and I saw this tweet and it was like um from the BBC like new voices in, in commentary could you be a football commentator like apply and I was like I, sh- I could do that I could definitely do that and I remember I went for like a like a family lunch my grandma's 80th or something and I was like, yeah, so I'm going to be a football commentator. And my, my family like, oh, sure. And I was like, yeah, no, so I've seen this thing. I'm going to apply for it and I'm going to get it. And yeah, so that's what's going to happen. I can't wait. 
and my family were like yeah great for that's really really good like cool like I was kind of joking and also my application was kind of like oh yeah any bloke in the pub can talk about football and like, pretends that they could be a commentator but I could actually do it so I, my my audition or like video bit to, um bit to camera was was quite like that so um yeah it was a bit of like I just kind of went for it and was just like yeah I'm gonna get it but also I felt like I was semi trying to be ironic about it so if it went wrong I'd be like oh, yeah it was a joke <laughs> it was a big joke <laughs> yeah it was a big joke and the joke is on whoever hires yeah. you eventually what what was the what was the process like what was the application process so I had to do a piece of camera about why I think I'd be a good commentator and one of my football heroes and I spoke about you Josh um, so you'd say it. <laughs> um I then had to do like a 30 second commentary clip on a, a goal um I did jury scorpion kick I didn't jury. know that yeah yeah I did that um I had to buy some software on online as well to record the audio while I did the thing I mean I think I've still got that software somewhere it was like 30 quid one off um and yeah, and then I had to do, and then that, and then I sent those off, and then they narrowed it down because a thousand people applied, which is mad. And then um, they narrowed it down, and then I had to do another um, clip of me commentating, but it had to be on a live grassroots sporting event that wasn't the main sporting event that I applied for. So it wasn't just football; it was sorry, it was sports commentary. And I was like so busy and so stressed with trying to finish my dissertation. And I was like, I've got one free day on a Saturday. I can do it. And I was like, what am I going to do other than football? Because like, I, I love football. I don't, you know, I watch Wimbledon. I like tennis, but I'm not really into other sports in the, in the, in the same way. So, because um, I live in South East London, I was like, I know. I'll go to Dulwich Velodrome and watch the cycling, just because there'll be some cycling on. And I'll like commentate on that. Um, so I asked my good friend Tom to come with me. I don't know anything about cycling. Do you know anything about cycling? No, like literally nothing. I get confused so much by when they who drops off and when they pick it up and yeah. Well, this yeah, this is different. This is like track cycling. So they're just going round and round, right? So we get there. And it's such a nice day, and um, me and my friend Tom are just like hanging out, and there's this competition going on, and then we just start speaking to people, being like, "Hello, what's happening? Can you tell us? Can you tell us how this sport works?" So we chatted to this man for a while and he was like, oh yeah, so these various things. And I kind of explained some of the rules. And then um, I stood by the side and my friend Tom filmed it. And um, we were like, oh, who's the best? Who's the best here? Who's the front runner? And they were like, oh, it's this man called Jonathan Gale. And we were like, okay, great. So then I was just like, be like, also, how can you commentate on cycling? Because they just go round and round, nothing happens. It's so hard. So I was just like, um, the cyclists are going around the track now. Jonathan Gale's at the front. No idea who he was, if he was at the front. <laughs> He's the front runner, everyone says it. Um, and then I was just like, and one crosses the line, two crosses the line, three crosses the line. Because we're like, what do you say? Um, my friend Tom kept saying, say, say Jonathan Gale coming up the rear. Say that, that's a good expression. And I was like, I'm not saying that. Um, and then we filmed that and then we, we were like, okay we were trying to find some good takes and my friend Tom was like I, I don't I don't think you should send this flow I think you should send something better more, more professional like because I think you could actually get this job your other your other videos are really good don't want this one to let you down but I was like I have nothing out I have no time I've got to finish my dissertation I've got to clean my house and move out in a week like I just don't 
So he was like, maybe we go to Brockwell Park and just commentate on like people playing tennis, just random people. And I was like, I can't do this. So anyway, we sent the, the cycling video and they loved it. <laughs> was that the feedback you got? Like, this is amazing. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Um, they just invited me to the next stage, which was like a, a day in, um, in Manchester at the BBC studio. Where I like met loads of people, Vicky Sparks um, there as well. First woman to commentate on the Men's World Cup. She's great, loved her. Um, yeah, there was various activities there. And then, yeah, and then just got the calls. Like, yeah, you've, you've got the voice apparently. Um, Rob Nothman, who's like the kind of my mentor was just like, yeah, some people have a voice for commentary and some people don't. Um, and you just have that voice. You need, cause you need to be able to kind of go up in levels, you know? Um, so when it's getting more exciting and near the near the goal, you need to be able to go up and up and like kind of tell the listener that something exciting is happening through your voice, not just your words. Um, so you need to have quite a deep voice, I think, because if you've got a high pitched voice, when you get excited, it'll get really high pitch. Was it at that point they said you're going to do football? Yeah. yeah, and I've not been asked to do other sports. I don't think I will after the cycling debacle. <laughs> and 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 at that point, it was a bit bit WSL, bit championship, some lower leagues. So actually the first practices I did, so I went with my, my mentor, Rob, were to men's games. I went to Leighton Orient, was the first one I did, Leighton Orient versus Wrexham. So we just went straight into it. He was like, okay, let's just go, recording. And just commentate on the game and I'll be your co-coms. And then I went to the Valley, which is near me, Charlton's stadium, um, and did them versus Stoke. And then I went to women's football after that. Um, and I've been doing WSLs ever, ever since. Is there a big difference in those in those environments to commentate in? The biggest difference is fans and noise, because in radio commentary, the background noise is so important, um, which is why it's so hard in the pandemic with no fans, because it one, it kind of gives you the energy. Um, so you don't have to kind of generate your own enthusiasm and your own energy. And it's the same with when like you're in a work meeting, like it's so different on Zoom than it is to in a meeting room because you kind of, you know, you vibe off people's energy and so many people being in the space, supporting something, I mean, being passionate about something, that's so much energy that you kind of thrive off. Um, and at like the Valley and at Leighton Orient, there was, there's a lot of fans, you know, there's like 10, 20,000. Um, so that really helps. And it also means that you don't have to speak constantly because you can, you know, there's been a goal, Lecco scored, great goal, top corner. And then you can let people like listen to this crowd noise and, and kind of have that. But if there's no crowd, you have to keep speaking in radio and you have to bring all the energy and all the intensity yourself. So it's really difficult. Do they, um, do they, do they give you that special training or do they talk to you about the best way to go about getting ready to commentate in, on matches with no fans? Not really. You just have to, you just have to do it. They, they can put, um, and I, I have this sometimes, they can put fake crowd noise in your ears. And I've had that. And it helps because um, with the silence, you can just hear your own voice. And that is quite, it's quite intense. So yeah, you, they usually put a bit of fake crowd noise in, in your ears, basically. It makes sense because otherwise it, it, like even now, like if I watch like an academy game or even like an under 23s game, in, in you know before the covid era there's very very few people there mm. and it just feels so it feels so like manufactured mm. if there isn't the natural like pause be someone says something bounce off reply um 
So that, that 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 makes sense to have a crowd in your. I didn't know that, but that makes yeah. sense. They would put it in. But where's your favourite WSL ground to to go to? I've been to I've been to quite a few. I've been to West Ham when they were at Rush Green, which was terrible because it's it's a training pitch. It's like a men's training pitch that's miles away, um, and there's only one side where fans sit, and it's just completely open. So even if there's loads of people there, there's no noise. So that was that was not good. Kings Meadows great. Kings Meadow is really great when it's um, when fans are there because it gets such a good crowd and it's a really good atmosphere. It's not the best position though because you want to be middle of the pitch, quite high up so you can see everything. Kings Meadow, you're quite low down and you're midway through one of the pitches. So when the goals are at the other side, it's really hard. The other week when I was doing Chelsea Man United, it was a bit of a goal mouth scramble and Panilla Harder scored, and I just I just couldn't see. Like there was everyone in the way, you just can't see. And that's so hard. Um, I think Bright, I think, I think Arsenal. Um, I do like Arsenal at Boreham Wood. Maybe that's just because I'm an Arsenal fan. Actually, you know what? Um, Brighton, the People's Pension Stadium, because you're high up. It's quite a big stadium as well, actually. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. You're you're high up, you're right in the middle. So yeah, you've got good view. So that's so your favorite position is high up on the halfway line, so you can see shape of the teams see what see everything that's going on yeah exactly and also you can see both bits equally yeah. as well yeah with the Panilla Hardo on that was just like uh I think your blonde player is <laughs> one of the blonde ones do you know what happens what you do is you just speak until you have to say your name until you have to say a name you know you're just like oh it was a goal mouth scramble defenders were jumping everywhere but it's been slotted in the back of the net you just keep speaking and, and then your producer's desperately trying to work out who it is. And then they'll they'll point on the on a piece of paper. But obviously in COVID, they have to be two meters away. So it's another like level of complexity. Um, but yeah, that one was really hard. So I, I think with that one, I just spoke for a bit and then I was like, what a goal. And then let Jenna speak. And then by then my producer was like, it was harder. I was like, oh, it's been a little harder. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> um, you mentioned Jenna. You've done quite a few games of her now, right? Yeah, I've done two or three yeah and what what's what she like as, as someone to bounce off she's great um i'm a big fan of big fan of jenna um so yeah jenna squalachi ex um spurs club captain yeah she's really good she just understands the game so well and obviously she just retired a year ago so she knows so many of the players and the game um so yeah she's really good I, i'm a big fan like working with her what are the what are the qualities that you want in a in someone doing co-coms with you? So I think obviously you want to have chemistry chemistry with somebody and have jokes and and your kind of banter. That word seems embarrassing, but it's true. You want to have good banter with them. Um, also, there's a there's a lot around when they speak and when you speak because you don't want to be tripping over each other, and also when so the co-commentators have a very strict kind of rule that when the ball's in the box, it's my time to speak. So they will, they will cut off. And so they're just kind of trying to add extra context um, to the game rather than describing the game as such. Um, so, but you want, you want them to come in sometimes. So yeah, having, having that relationship that they, they understand when I've, when I've stopped and when I want them to speak. And obviously you can do that in your intonation um, you can kind of pose questions or you can just say their name so you can be like oh Chelsea are playing really well Jenna um, but you want it to kind of be natural that they just jump in and that you're not kind of jumping over each other really, have you, yeah. how often do you listen to either 
get games on the radio or watch games and like find yourself just picking up on the commentary and like forgetting really that there's a game on does that ever happen yeah I do that a lot actually um, I watch a lot of football and listen, and listen to a lot of football as well um, with radio I often I often actually will listen and sometimes just note down phrases that they've said and try and kind of think okay I, need to, I can use that in my commentary um, but yeah I do listen a lot I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of Five Live Five Live is great they've got um, great commentators on there like my favorite is Connor McNamara. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah, he's so good. He just makes you feel excited about the game, which is what you want. I remember listening to Chelsea. This is a couple of years ago. Chelsea, somebody else um, in the Premier League. And I hate Chelsea, and they were like rivals with Arsenal. And they, if they won, they would go above us or something. But I remember listening to, it and he was just describing it, and it was so exciting. And I remember just him being like, "They've scored," and I remember being like, "Yes," and then being like, "Oh." Like I'm not happy because because yeah, it just kind of really conveyed to the viewer and kind of was just infectious in the way that he described the kind of excitement. So so yeah, that's what you want to do as a commentator, really. Do you have like do you ever give yourselves like I don't know, do you give yourself like a target or an objective to like go into a game and think, oh, I'd like if if there's a goal, I wanna say this, or if something else happens, I really wanna say it in this way. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Um, with, for example, when Miedemar scored and became the top WSL scorer of all time, um, I was at that match. So I, I thought about that. I thought, okay, if she scores, what am I going to say? You know, I want to have that ready because you want to have that um, line. And in fact, that line, I think I said something like Miedemar's 50, 50 goals and 50 appearances or something. Um, and that's like been used on BBC Five Live Sports Extra as part of their advert. So, so yeah, you do want to kind of think about that in advance but you also want it to come naturally and, and things change so quickly as well um not like cycling, wanna, not like cycling. <laughs> yeah you don't want to kind of prefab stuff you know and have stuff ready and then just put it in because you want to put it in um it would have to fit naturally with the context mm -hmm. um what's the what's the process like to get ready for a game so if you I don't know say it's midweek and you get told you're doing arsenal reading on sunday how do you go about getting ready for that game? So first of all, there's, there's all the stats you have to get. So you have to compile all that um, from various websites, kind of sources that you can get all that from. But also you can just email the media staff at the different teams. So getting all that ready. So you are making sure you know all the players because there's nothing worse than somebody coming on and you being like, oh my God, who is this? Um, so making sure you know all the players. I actually follow all of them on Instagram um, just to kind of, get that get that in my mind who they are um and then it's just kind of thinking about the, the narrative of the game um so what what is the narrative of the game so man united chelsea the other the, the week that i did um if chelsea win they go top of the league man united win they end chelsea's massive unbeaten run and they've really kind of staked a claim for for winning the title so they're the kind of narratives you've, you've got and you want to have those narratives in mind have the table context in mind so that when you're in the game, you're kind of translating that for, for the listener. Because you don't want to miss a big moment like that. And in fact, actually recently when I was at Chelsea, Man United, I think Bethany England got 100 appearances for Chelsea or something. And they gave her a big shirt with 100 on before. And I didn't know that. And I was like, oopsie. <laughs> What's been your favourite game you've done this year? I think Arsenal-Chelsea won all in the WSL. 
for me that was just that was it was just such a high quality game and it was so much at stake um, and there was so much in the build-up around Arsenal not being able to beat the big three. And obviously, they'd lost to Man United and Chelsea on this big running streak. And yeah, it was just such a good game. Um, it ended up one all. And so Arsenal scored. So the majority of the action was only really in the last 15 minutes. And that's what you want as a commentator as well. You want you don't want the game to be over. Because when the game's over by like half time, I've done matches where I did Man City Spurs years ago. And the game was over by half time. And that's hard because... You want to be like, there's 10 minutes left. Can they find an equaliser? You want that excitement. It's really hard to put that excitement into the game when there's, you know, can Brighton get one back? So it's 7-1. <laughs> like, it's not the same. Um, so yeah, this game went right down to the wire and it was just such a high quality game. And it was really, it was, just, it was a real tactical game as well. Um, it was funny though, because I kept describing it as like a fantastic game, a magnificent game, like unreal game. Because I was really excited and it was so intense and I think I, I also had the Arsenal squad players that weren't playing that were injured next to me and they were so invested like Jordan Nobbs was like two meters away from me and she was she was you could just tell she was so like they really wanted to win um, and my my coach was like um listen to my commentary and then kind of gives me feedback on it. and he was like um you need to maybe describe it not as like an un unreal game incredible game because it actually was quite boring like you obviously found it quite interesting but you need to save um those kind of levels for games which are like 4-3 are really really good because it was quite a boring one all draw but I just found it so exciting because it was just I think as well for me it was just like the most high quality women's game I've seen it was just the, the quality on show was just unreal I was going to ask about that but was like you know like Chelsea Arsenal is like significant whatever the score like it's, it's, it's significant whereas like two teams who are going to like finish mid-table even if it is 4-3 like there's only so much that's going to affect the like big picture narrative which is like one of the those big four clubs are going to win the league yeah um so yeah you have to you have but obviously you're there to describe the events that are happening on that day in that moment yeah, that's true. You do want a game which has has a context, has a narrative to it. Otherwise, you do have to kind of come up with other other narratives or you hope the game is really good and then you can just kind of focus on the game. Because when the game's not good is when you start talking about the stuff. And you, you can talk about the stuff. You can talk about the Lionesses and what else is going on in football as well. Yeah, you've got you've got the scope to to kind of set the agenda in that sense yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, with um, with the Arsenal Chelsea game, what, when you say it was high quality, what 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 do you mean? Like what stood out about that game when you were doing it? I think just the the technical ability of all the players was so high. Um, I've seen a lot of WSL games, and there are you do see matchups where like Bristol against Man City, and I'm not being I'm not being pejorative or critical about Bristol or you know but some of the lower clubs, but the the technical ability is not. It's not there as much, you know. And like, for example, in that that first game, Man City, Aston Villa, those two two goals, mistakes by the goalkeeper. Um, you know, the technical ability is a bit lower, but this for me it was just such a great game. Every player had such a high level of technical ability, was so elite, and both both managers had sour tactical plan, and you could just see that tactical plan working, and you could just see them cancelling each other out because they were so good. So I think I think it was yeah just the kind of sheer technical ability on on display really. In a game like that where you can obviously you're, you're watching the game and you've watched football for a long time and you can tell oh they're playing like this so to counter that the opposition are doing this. Do 
do you bring that in yourself or do you leave that to whoever's on co-coms to to kind of observe and and bring it up yeah good question i try and bring that in myself um i like to talk about the the tactics and how they affect the game and, and if i see that i think i i think from playing football and watching football i think i have quite a good understanding of it so i do like to bring that in and then ask the kind of co-commentator to comment on it um, which i think is a good thing to do i think but i think i i come come a bit more from a asking them for their expertise because they're probably you know they are more expert than me because if, you, if you've played the game at such a high level i think you've you've got a bit more of an understanding really Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense, particularly with someone like Jenna, who's only a year out of the game, and so all the stuff's relevant and experiences she's had playing against the player might might yeah. um, be relevant, directly relevant to to what's going on on that day. Yeah, exactly. When you did the Spurs Man City game, um, whenever that was a year or two ago, that was one of my favourite experiences I've ever had at a football match because you were commentating and I had your commentary in my ears, oh, yeah. and I was just watching the game, and I probably had like a twenty second delay, so that's something <laughs> would happen. And then I'd have a chance to think, oh, I wonder how Flo's going to describe that. Well, like, I think Lauren Hemp like got in fairly early and scored for Man City. And like as she was driving into the box, you were saying, oh, Lauren Hemp's in behind. Like, yeah, she is. I'm watching it. That was so fun. Yeah, that was that was that game was over by halftime, wasn't it? That was tough for Spurs. Um, ah. Lauren Hemp's so good, isn't she? She's so good. Yeah, she's young as well, isn't she? she gosh, she's going to be like. Well, I don't know. That's something to ask, I guess. It feels like Chelsea and City are the teams that are like bringing big players in, right? They're like, mm. you know, who's playing well in Europe? Okay, can we get them? Who's playing well in the States? Can we get them in? Um, do, do you see someone like Lauren Hemp? Like, is the landscape for her to just like, now she's in the England team, she's going to be in the England team. Is it to just play for City for as long as she can? Or does she look elsewhere to go abroad? Yeah, that's a good question. I think... I think every play, every player is different, right? And they're they're trying to get different things out of the game. I listened to the players' podcast on on BBC Sport um, earlier. It was Leah Williamson and Jen Beattie, and Leah Williamson was asked, you know, is she a one woman one club one woman club one club woman? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and she was saying because obviously she loves Arsenal. She's Arsenal fan, born and bred, and she she was saying, you know, if if I thought there was other opportunities and things weren't going my way, maybe I would leave. So I think it's kind of, it's game time. Because yeah, if, if Lauren Hemp wasn't getting game time at Man City, then maybe she should leave. I sometimes think that about Bethany England at Chelsea. But yeah, it depends. Because you can, some players need to play all the time, but some players can play more of a squad bit part role. But I think it's up to the individual really to, in different individuals thrive in different situations. And I think for some of them, like I think, I think for Bethany, Bethany England, she actually thrives for that competition that makes her better. But for other players, it can kind of knock your confidence. So yeah, who, who are, individuals. Yeah, who who are some of your favourite players to commentate on? Like, who do you look forward to 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 watching and and covering? I was really looking forward to Tobin Heath, but then she didn't play in the comment in the game I commentated on, which was a shame. I like I like Erin Cuthbert. She's good to commentate on. She puts herself about as well, which is just quite funny. I've never shirks a tackle. So yeah, I like commentating on her. Who else do I like to commentate on? I would like to commentate on Izzy Christensen. I've not done Everton yet. And I'd like to, I like Everton. I like what Willie Kirk's doing there and how they're trying to play and the players they've brought in. So yeah, I'd like to commentate on them. 
Yeah, players-wise, yeah, you look forward for the big players, don't you? Like, I, I really wanted to commentate on Alex Morgan. And again, I was going to, and then that game was cancelled, so I didn't get to. So, yeah, you want to commentate on the big players in the game. Makes sense. Everton are, Everton are going to be really interesting, right? Like, they've done done their business well, and they're just probably going to probably start seeing it pay off. Hopefully, yeah. Well, they got, um, they got Jill Scott on loan, haven't they? From Man City, which I think is good for all parties really to get her playing more and I, yeah I, I rate Willie Kirk I think he knows what he's doing he's been in the women's game a long time and yeah I think he's got a vision for what he wants to do and it's it's exciting and it's interesting and I think Everton play a bit differently to other teams they are they are very direct um, I, although it was unfortunate because their game was all kind of based around crosses into Govan and then Govan got injured and they were just crossing it into the box <laughs> for nobody which wasn't ideal. But yeah, I think they're an interesting side and I'd, I'd like them to push on and challenge that kind of hegemony of the top three in the, in the way that Man United are. I think they've they've fallen away a little bit because of those the, those injuries they've had. But yeah, hope, hopefully they'll have a resurgence. It feels like the WSL has just discovered that you can loan players. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just like everyone's, everyone's on loan for however long. It's like, oh yeah, loan, blah, 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 loan. Yeah, there's been a lot of loans, hasn't there? Like Alicia Lehman and, and Cho have gone from West Ham. West Ham have cleared their squad out of it. Yeah, strange. <laughs> just, I, just, I don't know. It's like they just I said it to, uh, to Liz the other day. It's just like, oh, yeah, we can loan players. Cool, let's everyone do loans then. That'll be great. <laughs> yeah, Everton, when they started, do you remember like, Everton men's team were top and Everton women's team were top? And it was like, oh, my God, in this in this year of of complete chaos, maybe this is what, it yeah, two the, the the same club winning two different leagues. Yeah, I like Everton. I don't know why. I've got a bit of a soft spot for Everton, um, the club in general, men and women. But I feel like they try and play football. They often fail at it, but I feel like they're all they're, they've always been a quite attacking team. They're not they're not one of those attritional, low block teams, you know. So I, I think I've always got a bit of a soft spot for them. I also feel bad for them in in you know the fact that they're just they're right next to Liverpool and, and Liverpool do so well and they're so amazing so it must be hard having a rival I mean you might you'd know that as a Spurs fan <laughs> must be hard having a rival that's so much more so much better in every way <laughs> no there was a time there was a time no <laughs> is that your is your is your favorite kind of game to do just like an open attacking one end-to-end counter-attacks Oh yeah, yeah. You do not want a defensive game. That that is so boring. <laughs> because you want people you want people to listen. And you have to try and bring some kind of excitement. And it's, it's, a, it's a hard balance because you want to describe what's happening, but you don't want to be like, this is dire, don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? So you want to be like, you do, and you, you do have to, you've, you know, you want to have integrity as a journalist and, and say what's going on. You don't want to trick people, give them false hope that it's exciting. But yeah, you also, there's a balance between describing what's happening and, and not boring people. I feel like um, I think Karen Carney's really good for that. There was a time last year when she was doing she was doing she was doing loads of Premier League games, and it was just like, like she was just really honest. Like the, it, mm. it sounded like like every, the description she was given of moments in the game. I'd hear them on the radio, and then I'd go and watch the highlights. I'd be like, that's that's a really fair assessment of what's happened. You know, she does. Um... She did all Arsenal's Europa League co-coms games on BT Sport. Um, obviously, I watched all of them. Um, she also must spend a lot of time researching. She is a very diligent researcher because I remember watching Arsenal versus Dundalk 
or Arsenal mold. Like these were some like low teams in um, the far fringes of Europe, or well, not, not Ireland, but like, yeah. Um, and she knew all these things. She was like the Dund- Dundalk striker, top goal scorer last, last year in the league, had a bit of a knee injury, but he's back, you know, and we know how good he is. And I was like, do we? <laughs> like, she must have done so much like research and doing research about some of those teams is hard, like, especially if they're uh, like a country with a, with a different language, like, like Molder. Do you know what I mean? Like finding out that information about them must be really difficult. <laughs> so yeah, she she's well researched. Yeah, I like her as well. I think she, I think she's good. Yeah. Well, I don't know what's is she is she back doing games now after all the Leeds stuff? I think so. She does a lot of work. She's yeah. on like she's across loads of football. Um, because she's I often see her. She does a lot for BT. When I'm doing like five live sports extra commentary, she's often there with Claire Balding and people doing BT. Um recording the games so yeah I think she is yeah as a player as well she had such an interesting career it's it's so rare that someone is like legitimately like a teenager and like a superstar you know yeah it doesn't really happen and then when it does and someone has like a really good career and then straight away they can go into something else that they're good at it's just it's great it's really fun yeah yeah we like Kaz Carney yeah what would you say is like the best game you've ever done like the game that you enjoyed most maybe this year it was Chelsea Arsenal is there a different Mm. one that stands out from a previous season there was something really special about doing it and this was actually in my early days so it wasn't it wasn't um broadcast I just did it for practice I did it with Sam Miller and and Rob my mentor so yeah it wasn't um broadcast anywhere but I did um Arsenal Spurs or Spurs Arsenal sorry at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium there was something pretty special about that. You were at that game, right? No, I'd... Uh, oh, not? No, it was a Sunday. There was something I had on. But I wanted to there be... Were loads, there were loads of fans. I can't remember the number. Was It was like the record, wasn't it? Like 38,000. It was... And that stadium... I mean, obviously, I hate Tottenham, but what a stadium. It's unreal. You obviously know this as, as a Tottenham fan, but it's such a great stadium. Just the, the noise, because they... they filled, The way they filled the stadium, because obviously, how many... What capacity is it? It's like a really small number bigger than the Emirates or something really petty. <laughs> Honestly, it's 60-something. Yeah, so it was like half full for this Arsenal-Spurs um, game in the WSL. But they, the way they filled it is, they, you know, that big, there's that one side which goes up really tall and it's got the round top. That was, that was filled with Tottenham fans. So, and the noise really reverberates off that. So, yeah, that was, was really special. It wasn't a great game, although Kim Little scored a screamer. And in fact, Tottenham are really good, and they actually could have got something. And they really stepped up to the occasion. I felt I felt bad for them that they they didn't capitalize on it. But yeah, that was pretty special. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about best like best individual performance you've ever commentated on? In the Arsenal Chelsea game, Lotta Wuben Moy came in as centre back, and I think it was the first time she'd played centre back alongside Leah Williamson, and she was up against Kerr, England harder, Kirby like all these incredible players she was really good she bossed it like they just couldn't get past her and she was so she was a real front-footed defender and really yeah really had the bit between her teeth and just just blocked everything and I, I was chatting to my co-coms at the time and I was like who's your player of the game and they were like Lotta Wibbenmoy she's been really great and then Vanilla Harder hit, crossed the ball and it hit it hit Lotta Wibbenmoy's foot and it went in there as an own goal and it was so devastating because she was she was had such a good game and it was so unlucky but yeah I thought I was very impressed I think the 
to have the personality to come in and boss the defense against Chelsea is a lot. And yeah, I, I'm I'm optimistic about her future Arsenal. I think she's going to be a good player. That's where the, the the context of the game is so important for those sorts of things, isn't it? Where it's like first start, mm. who you're playing against, maybe you're stepping in for someone. Can you like stake a claim for that place to be your own? Yeah. I also saw Chelsea Man City in the Continental Cup in this autumn. Chelsea beat them. I can't remember the score, but um, Erin Cuthbert was all over Lucy Bronze, and like she just bossed her out of the game. And I remember being pretty impressed with that because obviously Lucy Bronze is such a good player. And yeah, Erin Cuthbert just beat her to every ball. It was a real between those two. And that was pretty. That was impressive. It's nice when you get those jewels, isn't it? I feel like they, you get them less and less now because play, like maybe positions are bit more fluid than they used to be and yeah someone might be playing wide left but they might drift mm. inside and overlaps and sort of stuff but when it's so clearly like left wing of right back or like striker centre back yeah yeah you get that in seven aside don't you I always think that about that in Tuesday sevens when, whenever we play that Islington red team there's a tall blonde girl and I'm always up against her I, I see her as my rival <laughs> like one player can can change a game and I mm. think that's that's where like particularly at the like, level that you're covering You've got to be ready for just like me, Demar, to just get the ball, run past three people and score. Yeah. Like the other day when when you did um, Chelsea Man U and it's just like all of a sudden goal kick and Frank Kirby's onto it, you know? Yeah. So far. Yeah, that is really difficult. But again, it does happen. You'll be talking about something and then out of nowhere, there'll be a goal and you have to switch out of that into, into the goal. And you, and you don't want that to happen because you want the pre- bit to the goal to to be in your commentary really so yeah no that's quite difficult <laughs> yeah Arsenal Reading and it's like okay narrative is Arsenal need to win Reading have come in and defending quite a low block the perfect goal for you to commentate on is like Arsenal build it really nicely maybe a little kin little through ball cut mm. back and medium you know and it kind of pieces together I guess in a different in a quite smooth way yeah or actually I like it when the other one team's playing a high line and then they thread it through and then it's one-on-one with a goalkeeper because you've got quite a lot of time then to be like one-on-one with a goalkeeper and do that bit so that's quite nice mm. goal mouth scramble's the worst <laughs> <laughs> you just keep saying goal mouth scramble over and over again <laughs> what is the best goal you've ever you've ever commentated on do you think best goal i've seen was actually i went to arsenal man city god it must be like two two and a half years ago with guy at the end of the season and and um, Emma Mitchell, just edge of the box, smashed it top corner. And I think that was the last game she played for Arsenal. I think she then moved on to, to Spurs. But that was that was unreal. I wasn't commentating on that. Um, Kim Little's goal in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, like chest it down, volley it into the bottom corner. That was pretty good. So, yeah, that, that was pretty good. How do you see the rest of the WSL season going? Who's, who's, who's looking good to you? I think Chelsea are going to win it. Which is a shame because I'd love Man United to win it. I'd love someone new to, to come in and win. And I really respect Casey Stoney and everything she's doing at Man United. It was a shame that they couldn't get a draw against Chelsea. And they were undone by that one goal over the top, which was an offensive error, really, which is a shame. But yeah, I, I think Chelsea will, Chelsea will finish it off. Um, I, can't, I really can't see anyone else coming in. I, Man City have, have hit form now. But you, as you said, you just can't. If you want to win the WSL, you just can't drop points to teams outside those top three. And Man City had a slow start to the season and, and dropped points, and I just you just can't do that. There's not enough games to catch up. 
So yeah, I think I think Man City will come second. I think because I think they've really hit some form. But yeah, I worry about Arsenal. I don't think Arsenal will get top three. I think Chelsea, they'll be fourth. Chelsea, City, United, Arsenal. Yeah. Like United just came out and they're just legit one of the better teams. Yeah, hundred percent. So good, and also they've got quite good squad depth now. Actually, they've got players they can bring on. And who have they just, they just got um, Maria Thorostotta, didn't they, from Chelsea? I didn't know. He's a really good signing. She she plays centre mid or centre back for Chelsea, Norwegian international. She got injured. I think she did her ACL or broke her leg or something and was out for a long time and has now come back and not been able to get in the squad because they've got such a good squad. And I think for her, she wants to play. So has left Chelsea, which is fair. But she's actually really, really good. I think she'll be a massive, a massive um, benefit for them. In fact, I remember a couple of years ago, I watched Arsenal Chelsea at Kings Meadow and they beat us 2-1 and she scored the goal from centre mid. She's just one of those players that she's just like a beast, man. She's just like, just you just don't get past her. She's a real powerful player. So yeah, I think she's a really great signing. What about, have you done any Champions League games? No, I haven't. I'd the like B- to. The BBC do cover the Champions League on radio. Yeah, I think so. I don't know actually. There's lots of weird little there's lots of weird rights things um about what games you can do. Um they probably do. Mm. Um there's just obviously not that many, is there? And there hasn't been some for a while now. So um so yeah, I'd I'd love to, I'd love to. It'd be great. It'd be great to do like Leon or something. Yeah, when COVID's back and it like Arsenal, maybe Arsenal Leon oh. Leon, that'll be unreal for you. Yeah, I know, wouldn't it? I'd love to, I'd love to go to Leon as well. It'd be a great place. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Or PSG. Oh, that'd be good. No, the thought of travelling and going somewhere new is just too... That prospect. I know. So it seems impossible, even to do it professionally, like, for a job that is essential, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. It feels like a world away. I know. It's so funny, isn't it? Like, Paris, which is obviously just on the Eurostar. Will we ever see Paris again? <laughs> <laughs> Team GB this summer. What are you thinking? What are you hearing? I'm not... I don't know. I'm not hearing much in terms of manager. Both Casey Stoney and Emma Hayes were asked about it and both were very like, Emma, Emma Hayes is so funny. I, I actually can't cope with her. She's so blunt and just will say what exactly what she thinks. Um, and she's very serious as well. I think both of them are quite serious people. She was like, when asked about Team GB, she was like, Chelsea are an amazing club. They've done so much for me. It would be disrespectful to even talk about it. <laughs> it's all right. Um, and Casey Stoney said the same thing. Obviously, they're so focused on on the WSL right now, which is which is fair. So yeah, I don't think that either of those two will take it. Um, so I don't know. I've got no idea. I think it would be I think it would be good to be someone not just England. Like I thought it was bad before when it was going to be Phil Neville because it's Team GB. It shouldn't just be the England manager. That's, I think that's not not on really. I wonder maybe about Jane Ludlow. She's no longer Wales manager. Um, she she's played in the WS. She's played in the previous iteration of the WSL, so she knows a lot of the players. I wonder if she could step in. What about players? There are some quality players from like Scotland and Wales. Scotland: Erin Cuthbert, Kim Little, Caroline Weir. For me, those three go straight into the team, hundred percent. What's your What's your starting eleven? Oh, I, me and Guy did this on BBC Sport because there's a thing where you can pick. It's so hard. There are so many good players. I think, though, and also I, I really rate Sophie Ingle. I think she's better because I, I think England 
England's CDM, what do we, we, we play like Kira Walsh as our kind of defensive midfielder. I think Sophie Ingle's better. I love Kira Walsh. I won't hear a word again. Do you? I really, really, really like her. Maybe I've just not seen her that much. I don't rate her. I don't, I don't rate I, her that much. I don't, I don't think she's bad, but I, I think, I think Sophie Ingle's better. I, it, it depends on how you want to play, right? I think if you're, if, if England are serious about um, playing with like a team that are going to play through the thirds and who are going to press and who are going to like try and control possession in order to win the game, I don't see how you can't play Kira Ward personally. But yeah, you know, if there's if there's other systems and 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 the best way to get the most out of other players, then it might be that she doesn't play. Yeah, so if yeah. so think it was goal, I know it was a while ago, but that goal in the Conti Cup, it was just out of nowhere. She but she scores those she scores those regularly. Yeah, she she can hit that. And, that's such an asset having a defensive player that can also do that. I would, I don't know. I would, might be tempted if I was if I was the manager to because it's football's all about partnerships and you you often see with international football this is so disjointed because they have no time to train together. You know, I I don't know if I'd be tempted to, to play like a Chelsea core to play Cuthbert, Kirby, Ingle, Millie Bright. You know, play that Chelsea core and then build players around it. Bethany England up top. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. that 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 could really work. But yeah, that it's hard though because there are so many good players, and I think you can make the mistake of trying to get all the best players into the team. And you need to. It depends what manager you have, doesn't it? Because some managers have a system; they play that system. They put the players that play that system. Whereas some managers, like like Carlo Ancelotti, he's I think he's more like I'll play the system which fits the players kind of thing. So it depends what manager you get. Um, but yeah, I think it's about partnerships and finding people that work well together and not just putting the best players on the pitch because I think I think the Lionesses maybe had a bit of that with Phil Neville, maybe just trying to get the best players on the pitch. Also, play Bethany England up top over Ellen White. Ellen White's a good striker. I think she's a good impact sub. She's good with the head. No disrespect to Ellen White, but Bethany England should should have been playing years ago for England. She should have been the, leading the line for the Lionesses at the World Cup. She's she is she's the one she's the one come on yeah i think when um off the back of the world cup was when i was like like properly started regularly watching wsl and following and it coincided with spurs getting promoted and all those sorts of things but like hmm. like watching it all the time and then I, and I saw beth england play once i was like flipping hell who's this and looked up her age and i was like oh where, where's she been yeah yeah, she should have been in the World Cup squad. Yeah. Also, I, I think she she brings more to the game than Ellen White does. She brings not Ellen White scores goals. I, I see Ellen White as a bit of a poacher, but I think Bethany England's all round game brings more to the team in general. Well, that's what Leah yeah. said when we had her on. She was like, she's the hardest player to play against because she's constantly. Involved. She's so high energy, yeah. yeah. And I think her and Kirby. Her, Kirby, Cuthbert, do you know what I mean? They, they play together so much, so well. I, I would try and, yeah, I, I know that's, I'm an Arsenal fan, so I shouldn't say this, but yeah, I, I would try and play like a Chelsea core and do, I think that works well. I think Gareth Southgate did that in a, in a sense with with England in the World Cup with Spurs and Liverpool kind of meld together. I think it does work because it's all about partnerships, football. It's all about how you connect and play with other people. And that's so much harder in international football. So, yeah, do yourself a favour and put in some already made partnerships. Makes sense. Wicked. Thanks, Flo. That was great. 